Reggae Happenings. Hi, this is Ice and Rag and Tea, and this is Reggae Happenings Podcast. And uh, today I'm chatting with a very strong bridge in the reggae field. A man called Junior Francis, and he's a legend in the business. All he plays is classic reggae music on his radio station, and talk about classic artists and 91.5. So I'm here in the studio of 91.5 Jazz and more. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've been here since 1982, and um, I'm glad to talk to you today about, um, you know, music, reggae music. I've been um, broadcasting since 1981 on this station, but I'm not broadcasting too much anymore. We're doing a podcasting now because I changed up my runnings and move up a little bit uh, from broadcasting and see if we get on a different track. So, I go on, Virgin. Mm-hmm. Everything goes so far, man. Everything goes so far. I remember I, I came out here in 85 when I met you. That's when I met you. I, yes, yeah. right. So you had just uh, a few years earlier moved to um, Vegas. Yes. So yes, Mr. Yes, June Francis. I have, been to the, I have been to the station a few times with various musicians. Yes. And I've listened when I'm, usually when I'm in your area, I've listened to the show. So I'm very familiar. Yes, sir. So yes, nice yes, talking sir. to you, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Where were you born at? Yeah, born uh, um, in Manchester, to be specific, a farm district uh, 12 miles south of Mandeville, which is the capital of Manchester. Yes, in the hills of Manchester, man, way up above sea level. Uh, and I moved yes, to yes. my, my port of entry was now New York. Yes. I lived there for 13 years, and then I moved out here in 85. Yeah, we, we're going to get to the, about a year. We're going to get to that. Uh, I just want to ask you a little about your school days up in Manchester. How was your school days up there? Um, did you go to I, a I special... Never liked, I, I never liked school. I just went for the formality. I couldn't stay home. My parents were um, my parents were abroad, but uh, my, my grandparents were very strict when it comes to education. They really insisted that I go to school, even when, when it's raining. I oh, still yeah. had to go to school. You left school. I remember my last three years in elementary school, I had um, perfect attendance. What's, what's the name of the school you've been to in? Um... Uh, Campbell's Castle. Campbell's Castle. Yeah. yeah, we had a reunion there in 2019. Went exceptionally well. Oh, really? Huge crowd from people came from all over. Oh, that's lovely, man. And yeah, from, we, from there? We organized it from here, right. Yeah. From that school days, uh, um, were you penetrating music at the time or any, any forms of entertainment? Yes, man. From, uh, from as early as I can remember, I, got, I, I remember I saw a guy with a transistor radio. Yes. He came to the States and farm working. And when he came back home, he had one. That was one of the first transistor radios. So I saw this guy working around and playing music and, you know, talking but the radios they had back then were um, Radio Fusion and I think JBC. So you had to have a pole. RGR, yeah. So they were yeah. They were stationary. Yes. So when I saw this guy with his radio, I remember my mom told me when she was going to England that you know, if I behave myself well, yeah. <laughs> whatever I want, just uh, tell her. But what can a child want? But guess what? I remember specifically what you told me. So I told her, I saw this guy with a radio, so I want a radio. I said, you remember you said, if I behave well, I'll get whatever I want. I wanted a radio. Okay. And, it, and that poor woman had to work a whole week to save up the money to send for me to buy a radio. So I got one of the early transistor radios, and I was able to hear everything, everything that was played, especially 
a top 10 on Friday and Saturday night, so I think Saturday night, top 10. So I heard, by and large, a lot of skia and rock steady during that era. Yes. And um, so that's where the love, for radio, the, radio, the love for radio started then. And so from, from there on uh, in Manchester, where he was born at... Um, uh, in Farm, and, yes. Yes. Yeah, you go to school there, and uh, that's where your music developed. So from there, where did you went to? Uh, you leave Jamaica at that time, or, or? I, li- I lived in I lived in Kingston for a little bit. What part in Kingston? I uh, I remember what I can remember. I spent less than a year there. Uh, Wood, I remember Woodpecker Avenue. We could hear uh-huh. um, at the time. We could hear the dubmaster himself, King Tubby, sounds at eight o'clock. And I remember a friend of mine from country. Every Saturday night when yeah. he's coming from work, he would. He said, "Man, you know, I'm going home because this is like going to church to hear King Tubby's." But because Waterhouse was dangerous, we King- didn't go up there. So I, I never got to see King Tubby's. But I'm um, here, yeah, Waterhouse. I remember Kling Kling Avenue, Woodpecker Avenue, and some other avenue there. You know. So you leave Jamaica at a early early stage. Yeah, because my mother, my mother had to get me before I was twenty one. Whereas immigration give oh, you a hard okay. time. Immigration think after after you pass twenty one, you should go to retirement home. <laughs> so you um you never get to get, you never get a chance to see King Tubbies before he died. No, and he was at his peak then. He was worship. He was glorified. He was everything. Oh yeah, yeah man. The sound King Tubbies yeah. sound the top sound man. in Kingston. I I used to follow that sound uh, up in Grand Spen and um, Waterhouse and on the beach sometimes. Mm-hmm. So tell us, I. Uh, when you leave um, Kingston, uh, where do you went to? Uh, so my port of entry was New York City, so Brooklyn, New York. Cause my mom had migrated from England now to New York. Okay. And she was able to she was able to process my paper and got me out before I turned twenty one. So after you're twenty one, America didn't have much use for you then. Yes, and, and so I made it into Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. My right into Brooklyn. There was some reggae on the radio station there. Yes, but. So, um, so did it, it started, you know, they had like lots of basement parties. Yes. So did, we hit those weekly. Yeah. Did did you develop any kind of uh, music uh, uh, attraction in New York when you was there? Like, uh, you know, I know you are, you got so much post in the music. You are uh, in the radio business. Uh, did you do any radio broadcasting while in New York or any kind of production? Yeah. Also, let um the backstory. So when I moved to New York, I did the same thing I did in Jamaica. I bought a radio. Again? <laughs> so I had one of the first. I was one of the first cassette and tape, man. I used to walk around with my cassette and tape. I didn't care what people think. Yes. And I started recording the shows on radio. Cause most of the radio shows were on weekends. Yes. So I remember specifically recording Jeff Barnes and Carl Anthony during the week. So, on weekends, rather, so that I could play them during the week. So that's okay. how I got my music fit. After a couple of years in New York, my brother decided to open a record store, Delroy Francis. He yes. opened a record store, Park Heights Records, and he asked me to run the store for him. Yes. So w- while running the store, I met, uh, even Peter Tosh came by. Yes. Peter Tosh, big youth, was a good friend of my brother. The yes. Roots Radix. Yes. Uh, lots of people came through. So that was uh, in the heart of, you know, was on Utica Avenue. So it's in the heart of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Very strategic uh, location because we're two blocks from the throughway, Eastern Parkway. Yes. So a lot of people came through. So that, that gives you an idea of, um, of, of being a producer uh, when you meet all those artists, uh, you know, develop yourself 
Yeah. Reproduce, yeah. Right. I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time with hip tones, and hip tones always was all. They were always encouraging me to um do some producing. I also met another guy named Blacker Morwell. He was a good friend of Bingy Bunny, and they had a group called the Morels. Yeah, I know that. I heard of that group. And he, he, yeah, it was kind to a fault, always giving me rhythm to put out. Say, so, you know, here's a song, you know, become a producer. I never took advantage. But I decided one day to record the hip tones uh, uh-huh. without Leroy Sibbles. Nago Morris was the lead singer at the time. Okay. And I did a, and then I did a poetry song on the backside of the hip tones. I said, you know what, everybody's doing poetry, let me try something. At that, that, that time, Linton Quasi Johnson was kicking Supreme in England. Yes. I was big in Jamaica. So I said, mm. you know, for the heck of it, I'm going to write. Because I can't sing, I'm going to write a poem and put music to it. So I bought two rhythm from yes. a guy in Canada. Yes. One side is the hip tones called Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Yeah, yeah. I took that gospel song, Amen. Yes. And regularized it. Right. And, and, you know, of course, the, the melody. And I, I gave Heptones the melody, Hep, gave them Otis Redding melody. Yes. And I gave them um, words, and they, you know, just put it to music, man. That's what these guys do for a living. I hear. So, so tell us a little bit about your, your music life. How many, how many things did you do? You were a, you were a radio DJ, yeah. you were a producer, mm-hmm. you were a songwriter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you singer. Uh, you pro- so tell me some of the artists that, that you produce, some of the artists that you really work with in your production. Right. So let, let's, again, uh, go back to New York. When I was in New York, I was, because artists were always complaining about being robbed by producers, and, and I never want to have that stigma behind my name. Yes. So even though they were good people, Heptones even gave me some songs that, it, I didn't even, that they haven't even been published. You Is know, it, they, I have them somewhere here. Really? Uh, Black will gave me some songs, you know, I said, put them, I never did, because I didn't want people to criticize me for and you know, your family and their friends said, you know, songs, you put up my dad's song, you put up my friend's song, what I'm to the royalty check. So I, I didn't okay. do that. Again, just the one song I, I you know, bought, paid outright, paid hip to ones outright for. So I had the rights to it. So uh, you, you after ma- that, I yeah. started helping. When I'm working in the record store, all kind of, um, especially the Roots radio host used to come by. So I would put together Roots song for them, because that was really my interest at that time. Okay, Roots. roots. Right, so like the Ross Michael. Yes. And some of the root, deep Roots artists that you won't hear elsewhere. I used to find those songs for um, radio DJs. You're talking about some legendary, so, some, some, some long-time yes. musician, Virgin. Yes, man. <laughs> some of the Roots uh, songs that you won't hear on other stations. Yes. And so I, I did that. I did that. And I said, well, if I'm putting music together for these guys, I can be on the radio. Too, because that's, that was my dream. Yeah. Um, how, many yeah. Year, um, how many years uh, you spent on the, you know, broadcasting on the radio? Because I know everybody, so it, lots of people heard about yeah. you, but they don't know who you are. I know a few from that, too. Right. And um, you do a few interviews with me one time on your radio station. How long have you been on the radio? So, um, so in New York, I had the opportunity, but I wanted to go to school and get trained. That was my thinking. And I don't know where that thinking came from. So I left New York after 13 years and I decided a friend invited me to California and I 
asked me what would I like to do with my life. I guess she thought working in record store was not a career. I didn't know it was not. I yeah. think being around music, doing anything was a career. Mm-hmm. So she, I told her I wanted to go to school. And she said, oh, California is the place because uh, there was like $5 a credit for, um, for junior colleges. I said, okay, uh-huh. I'm in. So I moved out here, 85. Uh, that's when I saw you. And I went back to New York and officially came back 86. And I started studying broadcasting at Medgar, uh, sorry, at um, Mount San Antonio College. Yes. And um, that was in 87. I got on the radio. What station was that? Uh, they had a college radio there. I had to fight my way to get on, even though I was eligible. Because I was playing reggae, so they, they, they were not so open to the idea. But um, by, by the winter of 87 now, I got onto KSPC, which is a bigger frequency. Okay. And they had, a, they had a couple of reggae shows there. I tell Jim, Susan, and even Roberto from K-Rock, that's where he got his start. Okay. So the state, and back then, everyone was listening to radio. So that's how I got my start in 87. Yes. Yes, I and, know that you... And, uh, fact, I'm, I'm, I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, are you on the radio right now? Yeah, beyond tonight, 6 to 8, uh, Los Angeles time. Okay. On KSPC 88.7 FM, okay. online, KSPC.org. Right. So what kind of show it is? Uh, it's a lover's rock show or a roots rock dance hall? Or... No, 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 no. It, it encompasses, um, my mission is to keep uh, ska rock steady and early reggae alive. Because okay. you can hear dancehall and everything and roots everywhere. But I figure I, I want, I'm trying to reclaim ska and rock studies. So, classic. so you're going to hear a lot of, a lot, yes, you're going to hear a lot, uncompromising, a lot on the show. Okay. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, perhaps a third of the show is devoted to um, Skian Rocksteady. Because I figure the founding fathers should be respected, uh, should gain notoriety worldwide. And so people like Dan Drummond, Lynn that, Tate, that's the foundation. Yes. All those guys, those are, yeah, foundation, those are names that I make sure you hear them. Millie Small. Millie Small. Um, you talk about the roots, Bridget. Yeah, Those are the roots of reggae yeah, music. Old school. Man, foundation. <laughs> foundation. Foundation. Yeah. Foundation. Yes. Yes. Music that preceded, preceded roots rock. We go back before roots. Yeah, yeah man. That's, that's, a, that's a very great, 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 great things that you're doing for the reggae music. And um, don't give it up. I mean, don't ever stop. You know, I... I, I, I been broadcasting myself for 38 years and um, yep, doing a different pro- years ahead of me, eh? I'm doing a different project right now, you know, the podcast we're doing right. 91.5. But um, yeah, that's not all. I'm also on Saturday nights, I do KXLU. Yes. And that broadcast, KXLU, I broadcast from Loyola Marymount University. Yes. On Saturday nights from 8 until 11. Yes. By and large, the same same format. And, so, and to put the icing on the cake, I also do a show, a podcast out of London City on Tonic Sky Radio. And that format covers music from the late 50s to I rarely past 1972. Yes. So you have all the legend artists, all the classic reggae music. And uh, yeah, those are yeah, the music. The rock, rock steady. Those are the music that... Uh, Capture the world. Don't ever stop playing it, Bridget. You are doing a very great job. And uh, so what's your next project right now? Are you doing some production um, with artists in this time? Are you taking uh, artists yes. on the road? I, in addition to playing the music, I have been involved in bringing um, 
artists, the legends, the Stranger Cole, Derek Morgan, um, Pat Kelly, all mm-hmm. those artists have them in some capacity, both here in Los Angeles and in Mexico. So the next project is Derek Morgan. He's coming to the Elria Theater. That's on the 20th of August. Okay. In the heart of Los Angeles. Right, yeah. so I'm helping with that project. Yeah, he did, he did a show with me one time, you know, Itals and from Artbeat Music and some other cats. Man. Oh, My, Michael, yeah. My, uh, Michael Rose, we, they came through one time. Way back. Way back, yeah. Right, way back. So, yes. um, keep on bubbling June Francis. And, uh, you know, the name Francis is my mother maiden name before she married her Tyrell. So, uh, Francis... Yeah, is... you did tell me that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So, well, it's it's yes, nice man. it's nice talking to you and everything, and uh, we we know exactly what you're doing. So, uh, can you big up what you're doing one more time on the radio? Um, tell us, people, where they could find you. Yes, sir. And the um, right. Yeah. So, thanks for your kindness, man. Thanks for your kindness, and thanks for the opportunity. So, Monday evenings, mm-hmm. I'm on KSPC eighty-eight point seven FM. Online KSPC.org and it's from 6 to 8 uh, Los Angeles time. On Thursdays, 6 to 8 London time, I'm on Tonic Skia Radio, where I play Nothing Beyond 1974. But all the back in time selections that built your fabulous soundtrack, uh, yes, you can sir. hear there. On Saturday nights, I'm on KXLU 88.9 FM, and that's online at KXLU.com. Uh, more contemporary artists, I, you know, because if we don't play some of the contemporary artists, reggae will die. So you'll hear a lot of Taurus, Riley, and, you know, some business signal, mm-hmm. and so forth and so on, in addition to the classic. That's nice. Because if we don't play some of the contemporary Cla- oh, artists... Oh, yeah, you got to play the classic. You must play the classic. You got the roots. You got to play the classic. Got to sweat we grew up on. to play artists, right. Yes. Yes. So everything is... Yes, I hear you. Know. Everything is good, and um hope we have a chance to talk very soon and keep on doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, we're going to be playing your interview on the radio 91.5 Jazz and More, and so people could know exactly who you are, because you do a lot of great things for reggae music, and I know it, because I've I seen it. And um, yes, yes, I'm glad that uh, my first interview, well, not the first one, but this podcasting we're doing, it's you're the man no, because you you know the roots of this reggae. You know exactly um, where the reggae comes from, and you know you're playing the roots music, the classic reggae music from yes, your Dan Drummonds and all the more Coxons and Duke Reed first production, and that's nice. So, Virgin. Yes, man. I I, I played them back in time selection, man. Sweeter than the Gregorian chants. That means right there. Classic, the rock steady and scared that radio program directors did not play for the American people because they didn't think that Jamaican music was on a par, was ah. on an equal level with um, American music during the 60s and early 70s. So what I'm doing now is taking people back to the glory days. Yes, this music is just as good as, and in some cases, better than. And look at it so right now. We're doing. Look at Look at reggae music yes, right man, now. That's what I, it's oh, yes. People are dying to hear early, early music that I know. Uh, were denied their appearance. They never, uh, yeah. a lot of people never never really ad- advanced to the reggae music because I was playing some, I mean, I, I was home there, there, some old coxswains come through on my phone, and I said, wow, this music here I haven't heard for so long. Music that grows yes. upon me, Dennis Brown and uh, them 
Clancy Eccleson, uh, Ep Tones, and uh, Ken Booth, and, you know, them Coxon's music, man, and John Olt and all them cats, man, it was really refreshing. Yes, man. So everything is good, Juggle their memory. Juggle yeah. their memory. Yes, man. All is good. Yeah. So we'll chat later. Right. Of course. Thanks for the opportunity again, Stan. Everything is blessed. Yes, man, and con- con- uh, congratulations, and keep up the good work you've been doing now for almost four decades. Yeah, yeah, man, you know, they classified me as the Hall of Fame of Reggae Music in Las Vegas by the Broadcasting Association. Yeah, man, your household name out there, everyone who comes to Vegas know you. Yes, sir. Bless up. Yes, man. Big respect, sir. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.